This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, you guys, this episode of Get Real Podcast is so amazing. I have Lauren Aikens on. She's the wife of Thomas Rhett. I don't even know where to start with all of the incredible journey that she shares with me. From meeting Thomas Rhett when they were five in kindergarten to briefly dating when they were in middle school, breaking up, dating other people, falling back in love, him professing his love to her, saying he had been in love with her for years, then them getting married, life on the road, her getting her own fan base and celebrity, huge fan base and celebrity, based off of his songs, him making her such a crucial part of his music and career, them adopting Willow Gray from Africa, that whole process, how much her heart is called to Africa and the orphans and changing the world and changing lives of children and keeping families together, how she's learned to embrace her platform that she naturally isn't comfortable with, but she's learned to embrace it because she has such a message. She has such a message that she wants to share with the world to how they make their marriage work, why they love therapy, how Thomas Rhett knew instantly that he was going to adopt Willow Gray with her. It is the most incredible episode. So y'all get excited for Lauren Aikens and her journey. It's so beautiful. Here she is. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. I'm here with Lauren Atkins. Atkins. <laughs> yeah. Atkins. Everybody says different. There's no D. No, no D, no T. So what do people call you? What are the names that you get mixed up by? Oh, they're good. They're really good. <laughs> so I didn't think about this when I was creating my Instagram. It's like name. Lar. Do people Lar. call you Lar? People call me Lar all the time. Lar. I mean, like people who've grown up with me, my husband, our family, they call me Lar. And so when I was creating a name, I think 
<clears throat> I guess Lauren or I don't know. I don't know why I picked Lar, but I was just like, I'm going to do Lar. And then with my last name, Aikens, it, it looked like Laura if you were to put it oh, without the, the underscore. Mm-hmm. So I put the underscore in between. So it's Lar underscore Aikens. But people still see it and somehow they still think my name is Laura. And then they don't realize that Thomas Rhett's last name is Aikens. Because he's got that double name. Double name. Like double names. We love double names. Your, your daughters are double names. names. No, that's right. <laughs> so they think that our last name is Rhett. So a lot of times people will go, Laura Rhett. Laura Rhett. I'm like, oh gosh, this is just not good. <laughs> um, and then our girls have kind of hard names too because Willa, there aren't a ton of Willas. I love that. But Willow... People always think her name is Willow. And then Gray isn't a super common name, but my brother's name is Grayson. So that's kind of how we came up with the Gray. But people think it's Grace. So she gets called Willow Grace. Willow Grace. Mm -hmm. And then Ada, also not a common name. And James is a boy name. Uh And so they think that she is Ava Jane. So y'all just want to, y'all just like to keep <laughs> like, it interesting. Uh, okay. Next baby, we're going to go with the most generic, easy to remember name. <laughs> You're going to go with Betty Sue. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, so I don't know. We will see. But yeah, we've got, we've got trouble with our names. But you're just Lauren. There's Lauren. no, there's no double name for you. No, no double name. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So your story is kind of amazing. You're one of the few like unicorns of the city because you're from Nashville. Oh, that's right. What is it like being an actual Nashville native? Because so many people are transplants. Yeah. Um, and Thomas is a native too, right? Well, he moved here when he was like a toddler, okay. a little bitty. So basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is all he remembers. Because um, he moved here because his dad, mm-hmm. his dad, yeah. Rhett. Rhett Aikens. Uh-huh. Oh, He's saying, that's my house and that's my yard, right? So no, yeah. that's Toby Keith. Yeah, yeah that is no, Toby Keith. No, dang it. No, that ain't my truck. That yep. ain't my yeah, truck. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was going to sing it for song. you, but I promise you don't want to hear it. <laughs> so I was going to let you take that one. I love, he was one of my favorite 90s country man. I know, he was oh, good. He 90s was good. country's the best. Well, he still is good. He's songwriter of the year, you Holy know. cow. I mean, he's just done that a few times and been, I don't, he's got like 20, nine number ones or something crazy as a songwriter he's oh my gosh he's insane and how cool though now that thomas has grown up and become a singer and successful mm-hmm. and now they get yeah. to write together tour together have that to- is that been really sweet it's so sweet it's really cool to watch them bond over something that i just can't even relate to so they have a relationship i mean i'm sure there are lots of dads and sons they get to work together but there's something about the music industry that is just magic too and then seeing them do that together is is really cool and he's actually on tour with Thomas Rhett this year he's opening for him so that's amazing um what's their dynamic together I mean they're just they're like the ultimate father-son duo I mean when they get on stage together they just play off of each other and they're both like (laughs) such natural entertainers and they're brilliant and their writing and how they talk with a crowd and it's really it's really cool to watch but um this year will be interesting with them on the road with us I mean they live right around the corner from us okay so like we do life together off the road but we've never done life together on the road okay um he's come out I mean he'll come out for a couple of weekends here and there but 
I mean, we're about to be living together. What do you think it's going to be on like? On the road. I mean, I'm sure it will just be like a dream come true for both of them. I mean, can you imagine like somebody that you already love, but then getting to like do the thing you love with them for a whole tour? That's It'll be really cool. sweet. Yeah. It'll be awesome. So, okay. So Thomas moved here and he was three because his dad was obviously a country singer mm-hmm. and doing that. Yep. So then did you guys meet? In kindergarten? Is that what I, is that well, what I heard? I mean, so he didn't go to my school in kindergarten, but he came in first grade. Was it love in first grade? <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, we didn't even really hang out with each other until, I mean, you don't really hang out anyways in elementary, but we became really close in middle school. Okay. We knew who each other was. Our school wasn't very big, but, um, yeah, we got to be really, really close. Like besties or was he like yeah. your boyfriend in middle school? No, 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 definitely not in middle school. <laughs> we were just like really, really close. Um, but then when we were 15, we did date. Okay. We were sophomores in high school. And did y'all ever break up or was oh, that? Oh, yeah. Was that the start lots of Lots a... and lots of breakups. Okay, so what, how did the road go? So we, I think... I had a tendency to date people that I was really close with as a friend first. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how most of the boyfriends I ever had, that's how it went. Um, Just because if we can't laugh and have fun together, (laughs) then there's no point in us hanging out. And so, um, yeah, we were just really, really close. And then as we got older and, you know, our friends started driving and, um, we were doing a lot outside of home, outside of school, a lot of hanging out. And one of our girlfriends, Raleigh, I remember after school one day, she was like, you know what? What if you and Thomas Rhett dated? And I was like, ew, ew, why? <laughs> and she was like, I don't know. I just think y'all get along so well. And he's so cute. And like, I bet he likes you. And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't even remember how it started, but we did so I don't know she talked me into it and I was like all right yeah maybe maybe we should try it out so we dated off and on for like I don't know six months to a year which I feel like is kind of long for a sophomore year yeah dating yeah how did it go the first round um we were much better friends okay at that age okay so then how did the love spark start to bubble up um so we when we broke up um I guess we were, it was like at the end of our sophomore year. Okay. And then that summer, both of us started dating other people that both went to our school. Um, Actually, the guy I started dating was about to go off to college. And he was dating a girl that was a year older than us in school. And so we never, they weren't close friends so like we didn't hang out as much after that um we saw each other like with our group of friends but as far as the dating life we just didn't stay super close but then when we went off to college our senior year there's something about a senior year that just kind of brings everybody really close together so I guess our junior year we kind of were friends but didn't hang out as much I mean we had just dated for a while so we kind of took a break from being besties But then it kind of came back around our senior year because I was 
actually ended up dating a different guy that year. And you know, I think um, it's good y'all dated around before yeah, you just got married. We did. Yeah. But then I dated the guy I was dating my senior year. I ended up um, dating for five years. And Whoa. then he like into almost, college? Mm-hmm, yeah. You and then dated he dated whole college career. Yeah. Well, till my senior year. And that's when me and Thomas Rick got back together. How did that all go down? That feels like something. <laughs> so he dated the girl that was a year older for, I think, almost five years, too. I mean, they dated a while, too, into wow. college. They both went to Lipscomb. And then me and my boyfriend went to the University of Tennessee. Okay. Go Vols. <laughs> um, and so Thomas Rhett would come up on the weekends because we had the football. We had the big campus. We had no curfew mm-hmm. and um yeah, Lipscomb is like Christian school right yeah and there were you know parameters that you yeah. couldn't go outside of um as far as curfews and uh, different things and so I think his wild side he was like I'm gonna go to Knoxville for the weekend and you know did you help him find wild. his wild side well he would always stay with me when he would come to town um and he would hang out with me and my boyfriend and all of our <laughs> friends. And then he would sleep on our couch. And, um, yeah, so he... And your boyfriend was like, cool, whatever. Yeah, I mean, well, we all lived in the same complex. My boyfriend lived, you know, a couple apartments over or whatever. And then me and my girlfriends, my roommates, loved him and had known him for years. And so we all were just close and just hung out. And I didn't think anything about it ever. And my boyfriend didn't either. I mean, we just... We were just friends. Yeah. But um, my boyfriend and I broke up at the end of my junior year. And I guess for whatever reason, Thomas Rhett, at that point, something inside of him was just like, I've got to tell her how I feel. Because if I don't now, so I don't know that I ever will. Middle school? Yeah. So that's, well, he told me at my sister's graduation party in may um we were back in nashville obviously at my parents house for my, my sister's graduating from high so school he stayed close with your whole family if he's at your sister's yeah. graduation oh yeah we our families vacation together even while we weren't dating i would go on vacation to his family's beach house and sometimes really? he would be there sometimes he wouldn't i mean that's that's crazy close we're very close our sisters are best friends oh whoa yeah it continues it just it's, it's <laughs> deep it's, it's a deep deep bond with our families you really but, could not um, avoid this right <laughs> well and so at my sister's graduation party everybody was like you got to tell her you've got to tell everybody knew except for me is and he still with his girlfriend no they okay. had broken up i think like a year before okay um so he's like this is my moment this is my moment and he was like uh everybody had gone home it was like 2 a.m. Like we'd been sitting on the front porch talking for like hours. And then he was like, Hey, um, I've got to tell you something. And I was like, okay. And he was like, I've been in love with you since I was 15 years old. And, um, I mean, I feel like I'm going to cry. <laughs> like I literally fear <laughs> tears in my eyes. I mean, oh I my mean it was, gosh, well, Lauren. I, well, and you would Holy think cow. like, Oh, your heart's melting. That is so just, sweet. Yeah. But, but my initial reaction was a I had just gotten out of a relationship yeah, you're with trying the guy to get that single. I loved I mean yeah. I loved him I loved his family it was a really really hard breakup um 
And so I was like on the rebound still. Trying to get your mingle on, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not trying to. Well, that's when he said that. I was like, first of all, you've ruined our friendship. <laughs> like, I can't. We can't be friends anymore. Me knowing go. this about you. Uh-huh. Um, and second of all, absolutely not. If we were to ever date, if we were even going to try this out, it would just be rebound. Like, yeah. I am not in any state to be dating somebody. Yeah. Um, and I remember, which was so not his personality or so not the 16 year old that I dated him saying, well, let's just roll with it and see what happens. And I was like, what? Like, who are you? Who are you? Because first of all, let's just roll with it. Let's roll with it. Like he's the most, like he worries about everything. Everything induces so much anxiety. (laughs) I feel like with him and he's not just rolling rolling with it. Especially the love of his life. So when he said that, I was like, wait a second. You're, you're lying. You're not, are you the same person that I dated when I was 15 or 16? So had he changed to this chill out, chilled well, out role with a guy. I actually found out later that his stepdad, Tim, who is like one of the most wonderful people on this planet, has been coaching him and he told on him like to what to that? say. And Tim was Stop. like, dude, you play it cool. Stop. You play Stop. it cool no matter Stop. what. And do you just, you stick to your guns and like you stick to like, all right, cool. Like, let's just roll with it. Let's just see what happens. And so like, so Thomas right up there dying inside, right. but he's like, oh yeah, yeah, let's, let's just roll, roll with it. Let's roll with it. <laughs> um, yeah. So how did rolling with it go? Did you ever get to rebound with anybody else or is it just no, Thomas? No, no, no. It was just him. <laughs> um, and, and I think it worked because we were so close already. Like we knew whenever he'd be going through stuff with his girlfriend who he loved at the time, he would be heartbroken over their relationship. And then I'd be heartbroken over me and Michael's relationship. And we'd always talk to each other. Like, what should I say? What should I do? This is what's happening. Um, so we, we just stayed, we stayed really close. We double dated a few times with each other and our boyfriend and girlfriend. And, um, have y'all ever like gone back to your your other relationships and talked to them about this? Were they like, um, I knew there was something there. <laughs> no, well, for a second, because it happened so quickly with him and I, a lot of people, not, I won't, I won't say a lot of people, but there was definitely talk of people being like, oh, something was happening before now, which really hurt my feelings <laughs> because I was like, if you know me, I hope that you would know that that's not something I would do and that I loved Michael and respected him as a person like that's not something I would have done to him right um but I get people make mistakes and you're surprised all the time when things happen (laughs) so I can't fault them for talking about it but it hurt my feelings and but I was like you know what time will tell and I'll just let it roll I'll just roll with it I hope y'all get that like on some sort of mural and (laughs) put it in your house (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um both of our exes are happily married okay. and um, actually his ex goes to our church and we see them um, every now and then and they had a baby right before we had Ada James and so through pregnancy and labor and delivery I was asking Casey all kinds of questions because she had just gone through it all and um, so we've stayed we've stayed really close and through the adoption Casey <laughs> was one of the girls on my group texts of girls that I would send prayer requests out daily about the adoption. Like, Hey, today we really need this to happen. And so she was getting all these and she was praying for us through bringing Willa Gray home. And yeah. And then Michael and his now wife, you know, when we have parties or do whatever, 
they're always here and that's incredible we just stay really close i love that um that's i mean there's really, definitely a period where you have to like well, yeah give it a moment but this is a lot it all comes back around threat though that y'all have that kind of personality that it like could end so well and yeah everyone still respect each other and move well, on well and i just think a starting off as friends <laughs> it would be so sad to lose that friendship you yes. know um so i think that's what's important to us is that you know, you give it the respectable amount of time that each heart needs to move past the loving part of the relationship, uh-huh. the in love part of the relationship, <laughs> but then bring it back around to that friendship one day. So what did you and Thomas Rhett's relationship look like after y'all started rolling with it and y'all, you know, were, this was your rebound. So yeah, how yeah, did that go? Well, yeah, it was, it was my rebound. So I, I just would never commit to it. I was like, we can hang out. We can go on dates. We can, you was know, it weird to like make out for the first time. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, just because I was like, so thrown off. He was in such the friend zone. He was such the friend zone. And I was just not... It, it grossed me out yeah. to think about it, <laughs> yeah. truly, because I was like, really, brother and sister. Yeah, this is like incestual. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's what I felt. And then when we kissed, I was like, wait a second. That's not so Maybe bad. there's something else I've been missing. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it, it went, moved fast, though. I mean, I remember was the Was it next... like, here's Thomas Rhett, the man now? Yes, truly. I was like, what, when did I miss you growing up? <laughs> like, I, how did I miss that? But I totally did. Um, and we still just had just as much fun, if not more fun when we were dating. Um, because he was still my best friend, but then I just got to kiss him anytime I wanted. So it was perfect. <laughs> and then our families are close. So it was just, and still, still are. I mean, we're still all of us so, so close and do vacations together and, we all were at the farm for Easter. Oh my gosh. And um, I feel like you were about to say something good everything when together. you said I remember something. I remember the next morning. So my sister's graduation party was the night before graduation. And we stayed up so light, like super late the night before. And at the end of the night, he dared me to kiss him. Oh my gosh. And I was like, no, no. After he confessed his no, love? No, no, no. Yeah. And he was like, can you, we just try it just one time. And if, if you hate it. Then it, then we'll just leave it alone. I'll never mention it again. We don't even have to be friends anymore. Like we'll just drop it. I was like, no, absolutely not. And um, at, we ended up kissing at the end of that. I was like, fine. Like he 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 stood. <laughs> up, I stood up to go inside. I'm like, I gotta go to bed. My sister's graduating, <clears throat> like in a few hours, and I've got to go to sleep. And so he, um, I remember he stood up and blocked me. From walking past him on the he front porch to go in front. He was like, one kiss and I'll leave it alone. I was like, what? I'm so confused right now. And I was like, well, what do I have to lose? Well, a great friendship, but here yeah, we go. Right, right, right. Well, <laughs> hey, that's already lost at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, truly. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we kissed. And I remember, like, kept pulling back from it and looking at him and being so confused. And then I'm pretty sure we just kissed again because I was like, can we just try that one more time? (laughs) Um, And so anyways, he went home. I went to bed. We were both at my sister's graduation the next morning. Was it like awkward the next day a little bit? No, it was like we were both so giddy, kind of like, hey, remember what happened last night? (laughs) Um, And I remember my sister sitting on the stage of her graduation and, you know, we were up close 
watching her and close enough to where her and I made eye contact and my eyes got really big and I was trying to like tell her like we kissed last night (laughs) while she's on stage on stage and I remember her like finally it clicking what I was telling her from the crowd and when I tell you she was like so trying to play it chill and was freaking out (laughs) on stage um it was so so funny but um yeah we it it went really fast that summer I kept calling it a rebound but I knew at the end of that summer when I had to go back to school for my senior year of college that I was just like I don't know how I'm gonna live without him like and it, then he was starting radio tour. Clearly, it worked out, and he so kept going. So, how did going. you wrap around, wrap your head around being in this lifestyle of kind of instability for a while, at least in the beginning? Yeah, um, I think it, we were so early on in our relationship that I didn't really care, or I didn't think that I cared. Um, I remember <clears throat> thinking, like, as long as we're just together, I don't care what you do. But I had to finish nursing school and um, he was on radio tour. So we were apart a lot my senior year. And that was really, really hard for me. And then that summer after I graduated, he was touring a lot too. And then um, one of my very best friends, he was like a little brother to me that lived across the street. He passed away that April of my senior year. And... um, so I think I was like missing my husband and then we had that happen <clears throat> and I was just in a really like homesick place. Like when you lose somebody so close to you and then you're apart from the person you love, like my heart was just hurting so bad. And um, we were engaged at that spring. So we got engaged the Christmas after we got together. And, um, so I was engaged when I graduated college, but I just remember thinking, I don't care what your career is. As long as I can be with you, like that will just help my heart. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't care. And then we got married that October and then I started traveling with him a lot more. And And what do you think about road life? It was okay. We shared a bunk on a 12 person bunk, a 12 person bus. (laughs) That's tight. Um, and not like yeah. that's cool. Like yeah, that's, no, tight. that's tight. <laughs> right. Um, and as newlyweds, it's like, you've got zero privacy. Yeah. You're on have a you bus. Have you ever tried to with, do it in the bunk? Yeah. It was, um, oh, so have we. <laughs> it, it's just, it doesn't, it's not ideal. Well, you just like, you can know? barely breathe. You can barely breathe, but also <laughs> as newlyweds, you're like, this is what newlyweds do. Like yeah. where else <laughs> is this going to happen? Because we're just, we're gone all the time. Yeah. You just make it work where you can and you just. <sighs> I mean, Mike, take your moment when you can. I mean, now since we're all married, we can talk about this. But being honest, we're like Michael and I would go like when we got to like this, the shows and find like arena bathrooms that were abandoned, <laughs> like under the bleachers, <laughs> like in the back of the bus, like lock the door. And, like there's four couples on our bus. So it's like if the door's locked. Yeah. Don't yeah, come in there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Respect <laughs> each other's relationships. And if the door's locked, don't come in. I mean, um, that's crazy. I, yeah. It, it, that's that's tough on a marriage not having that space yes to be a married Intimate. couple <laughs> yeah yes. um so like so that was hard but it was also exciting because yeah. like doing things like that like makes it more exciting yeah you know and yes. it's so I mean, it was you know pros and cons to it but <laughs> um yeah sharing a bunk and then having you know 12 guys on a bus yeah it was it was yeah it was tight you're right um <laughs> but 
it very quickly got old. Mm-hmm. It was fun for a little bit, and his career taking off was cool and fun for a little bit, and then, and then it kind of got real, and then it was like, oh, this is real life. We're never home for things we want to be home for, and when I stay home, you're gone, so I can go to weddings, but I'm like the forever dateless wedding attendee um all of that was hard for me um how did you make peace with it all or how do you make well, peace with it all yeah because we're kind of still right. in that season <laughs> yeah. um <clears throat> there are just so many good things that come with what he does and seeing him like fulfill his dream what are your favorite things that have come from it um travel seeing the world seeing the world I mean it's truly I've always wanted to travel and get to do things like that but it costs money and it's not realistic for most people but he's getting paid to go to all these cities mm-hmm. and so I can just jump on the plane and with Southwest being your five dollar yeah. companion it was yeah. nothing for us early yeah. on it was like it's only gonna cost me five bucks to <laughs> go with you um and we could share a bed so the hotel room that the label was already paying for it's paid for right yeah so um that was cool and then we still get to do it now with kids. We still get to travel with him. It costs a little more money now, but, um, hey, y'all just pack the kids up and go just pack them up and go overseas too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We just went to New Zealand and Australia with all the and kids. Hawaii. Yeah. How do you do that? Uh, with help. Yeah. <laughs> with help. So we hired a nanny this year. That's smart to go um, with y'all. Mm-hmm. We hired a nanny and she is truly sent straight from heaven and same with our assistant Mo. So Mo is our assistant. Mac is our nanny. Maureen and Mackenzie. We call them Mo and Mac. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're just like our built-in family on the road. And they, our girls adore both of them. And they are, two of them are truly some of my best friends now. And um, they just, they roll with it with yeah. us. And yeah. we just all kind of roll with it. Yeah. And you just... And the girls are good at traveling? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely... <clears throat> the they, They're kids. Yeah. There are moments that are really fun and really easy. And there are moments that are really, really hard. And you're just like so embarrassed that your kid is doing the thing that your kid is doing. <laughs> that when you were younger on an airplane without kids, you're going, gosh, can you please control your kid? <laughs> and I'm going, I immediately regret ever thinking that <laughs> to another parent. Um I would never say anything to it, but that definitely would get annoyed when the baby would be crying. And I'm like, gosh, do you even discipline your kids? <laughs> and now I'm like just eating my words, but, um, they're good. They're good kids. And they do. I, some of the best advice I got as a parent was, um, your kids are going to react the same way you do. Your mm-hmm. kids are going to take things the same way you do. So if you're freaking out in a situation, they're going to look to you. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to freak out if you're playing it cool. And you're like, it's all right. We got this. We'll just roll with it. They're going to follow your lead and just chill out and be like, all right, we got this. Yeah. Um, so I just am trying to live by that motto of they're just going to see what we do and respond that way. And it's worked so far. I mean, it's definitely been hard, but it's so much better than if we were all apart. Yeah. So it's just worth it. So do they come on the road too? They like do. touring on the bus? Yeah, they do. They love it. They oh. love the bus. Because they feel like they're all, you know, everybody's in a bunk. We're all having a big sleepover and 
they're close with our band and crew and so it's so they just love road life they love it they don't sleep well but oh yeah it's you know you win some you lose you've some. probably given up sleep a long time ago yeah <laughs> that's you, not you on top of your priority that's right that's right <laughs> so it's it yeah it's fun i don't know that we'll go every run this year just because we've got life happening here too um but the cool part about our relationship is we did have about five years mm-hmm. without kids that's nice married. to have that foundation yeah so we got to go do whatever it was we wanted to go do and now missing out on, on some things, I don't really feel like I'm missing out because right. we got to have our time and now our girls are kind of, yeah, the priority. Mm-hmm. And so if they're not doing well or we've been gone too long, then I'll just stay home and we'll be like, see you when you get home, daddy. Yeah. And you're okay with that. Yeah. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I agree. I'm very grateful. Uh, Same kind of thing. Michael and I have been together like 10, 11 years, married five. And I'm just like, okay, now we're having our first baby. And I'm like, I I can handle this. Yeah. You know, because you know what it's all like. Right. You don't feel left out. Right. Right. Exactly. And you can make plans for when you really want to do something. That's right. But it doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm just left behind. Right. Because that's a real feeling. He's taking off and leaving you. Mm -hmm. Because I do think some wives do feel that way. For sure. Or that, like, they've got this glamorous life and you're stuck at home in the mess. Yeah. Which, I, to be quite honest, I still feel that way sometimes. <laughs> but, I mean, their life is not all glamorous. No. Um, I give him a hard time <laughs> about his job, but I know he's exhausted at the end of every day. And um, he does. He works really hard. And so you just, you got to be a team and you've got to each do your part and, and more 
and then it it does work out but you've got to what is the secret to marriage for you guys um I I mean I really think it's our friendship and us wanting to like serve each other because I think when you you know, people say you've got to give, you know, every person's got to give their 50% in their marriage to make up that hundred. But I think it's, you've got to give more. I think each person's got to give a hundred percent. And then, then you're overflowing with the goodness and the help and serving each other and loving each other. And so you're not ever coming up short. I mean, I'm not saying that we don't ever come up short. There are definitely days where we're not clicking and I just want to cuss him up and down, but <laughs> do you <laughs> No, I try and hold my tongue, <laughs> but I'm sure he feels the same way toward me when I'm not having a good day, which, but do you happens. feel like you've learned each other so well at this point that you're able yes. to, I mean, I, this is your hashtag for life roll with it though. Like even yes. when he's like getting on your nerves and you want to cuss him up and down, are you able to be like, okay, I've been here before. I'm just going to move through this. Yeah. And, and not to, make like, it a big deal. Right. Well, and I think so much of it is like, I could look at the things that drive me nuts about him and I have a list that's probably on one hand, (laughs) the things that really would cause a fight. Yeah. I think because he, he gives so much for me and our kids and I want to be doing the same thing for him that, that the list that's a bad list goes down. If you're each really trying hard to love and serve each other. Um, when I, when I, I'm having a rough day or if I'm being that wife that's nagging and and negative and getting on to him, I have to like remind myself that like, yeah, I might have this list of things that are driving me nuts and he's doing all of those today. (laughs) But like, what about the list that just doesn't end of the things that he's good at? What are the things that he's good at that you love? What are your favorite things that he does for you and the family? Um, (laughs) I mean, I feel like I go back to friendship every time, but just when we play, when we're just playing all outside, running around, us, the kids, the dogs, um, like he's such a good kid. Like he just has so much fun with our kids and they have so much fun with him. And um, I mean, for him and I, when we kind of like have that moment of feeling like we're dating again and he takes me out and we go to dinner and then go to a movie and, and we've got a babysitter. And so we can stay up late and sit outside for hours if we want and drink more wine or, um, just like those moments where he makes the time for him and I to have a moment. Um, that speaks volumes to me. He really values you. Yeah. And I, I don't get moments with our kids. I mean, you will find out soon <laughs> that all of your alone moments will be toast once you have a baby. <laughs> but I mean, it's a, it's a good trade off cause you've got your sweet babies, but, um, he tries to leave that space for me. He tries to, he really tries to be like, Hey, you know, what can I do to help you today? Or what can I do to help you finish up the kitchen so we can get in bed? You know, he, I don't know that we have ever, I mean, less than 10 times in our marriage, I bet, that we have not gone to bed together. Really? He will wait up for me. And he'll turn on a movie. If I'm doing working on something or finishing something up that I want to be doing before I go to bed, he will turn on a movie or something on TV and try and stay awake until I get in the bed. Um, he just, he won't go to bed without me. Aww. And, um, 
it's sweet. It's sweet that he wants me to be such a part of his life and right next to him through all of it. All emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to cry again. <laughs> um, but he just, he leaves the space and he loves us so well that I, when I do get annoyed with him, I have to like remind myself that he is such a good man and, um, he leads our family so well. And it's, so when I am dateless at weddings, <laughs> you're like, I have to remind myself of all the good things that I have in my husband and that not everybody gets to say all of those things. And what about him making his whole career about you? Every single song <laughs> he sings is about you. And you have this big of a fan club as he does. Like I will never forget. We were at Lake Shake, I think in Chicago and a thousand horses is playing. Yeah. Thomas, it was the Jason Audine tour, yeah. which a thousand horses, Thomas Rhett uh-huh. and Jason were on. And the audience was chanting your name, like Lauren. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I mean, you I have millions of fans yourself. Like he has made his whole career, every song he sings, every music video about you and now your daughter. So I mean, yeah. there's that yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. That, right. That, we can just add that to the list of things. He, he is he loves, he loves us. How does that feel though, that he's made you your own musical celebrity through his music? Well, are it, you ready it, for that? No. <laughs> It came from a good place, so I can't get mad at him for it, (laughs) but I would be lying if I told you that that was a dream of mine. (laughs) I mean, I just, um, this podcast right here is, this is even out of my comfort zone, truly, and, and I'm not even talking to, like, there aren't people watching me live right now, you know, like, I'm so outgoing. To my friends, I am <laughs> like to girls that know me and guys that know me. Like, yes, I like I will gladly get on a stage, be in the spotlight, have the whole room's attention if it's my close friends. But when it's people that I'm not sure of how they're taking me or what they think of me or I don't know what it is, but I I freeze. I mean, he knows he's pulled me on stage a couple of times and the repercussions of it were not <laughs> good. I mean, I just was like, honey, do not do that again. Like, don't do it. Like, what do you I'm feel I'm not inside? comfortable with it. Um, I, well, it, it's also weird because, A, I don't sing. So, like, what am I going to do? Walk out on stage and, like, just wave at everybody? <laughs> Miss America. What do you want me to do? <laughs> um, so, it's just, I feel so awkward and... And it's his show. It's not my show. But it is your show. Well, <clears throat> I, it is. I mean, Lauren, I you, have a hard time swallowing that pill. I mean, Die Happy Man sure. is about you. Then he had that Life Changes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is verbatim your yeah. life story. <laughs> I know. You know? I know. All it's, these songs are It's a are double-edged young. sword. I mean, I. it's so sweet that that's what he wants to do with his career. <laughs> but um, it, I just it think that shows how much he loves you, bit. though. And how much he loves your family that he yeah. wants. That's what he wants. It's it's precious. That's it what really he wants is. to sing about. Yeah, it's sweet. Is y'all. I mean, that's bringing tears to my eyes. <laughs> so speaking of life changes in the song, talk to me about how you got involved with Africa and when you knew that you were going to adopt Willa Gray. Because yeah. actually, you were on tour with J- it was Thomas, Jason, and... A Thousand Horses, and I'll never forget, mm-hmm. you were yep, talking yep, about yep. how you were about to adopt. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking, like, I was, I'm older, I'm, old, how old are you? Almost 30. Okay, so I was like, our, I'm like five years older than you, mm-hmm. or five and a half. And you were like probably 
what, 26 or 27 then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 26. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you're so mature that you're not only ready to have a kid, but you know how to adopt a kid. Like, how do you even know how to do all these hard parental things? I'm like over 33 and don't know anything about being a mom. And you're like, we're going to adopt a kid. And it's so exciting. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It, how, how did you feel called to do this? Like, um, I need to, so, how did that all happen? And how did you get involved with Africa? Cause it well, stole your heart. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I went, <laughs> I went to Haiti first. That stole my heart. Truly. Uh, loved, loved, loved the people of Haiti. Um, on a mission trip. Mm-hmm. I went with Suzanne Mernick, who is the founder of love one. It used to be called 147 million orphans, but we Does that sound made right? a shift and what, yeah, they just, they kind of came up with a number that would raise awareness. They just picked a number okay. because I don't think you can really know. Yeah. But there's a lot of, a orphans. lot of orphans. Um, and so I went on a trip with Suzanne and it was my first trip. That was when die happy man started to go. Okay. And, um, and that won everything, like song of the year, single it, of the year. He, yeah, it, it was it was the song that it definitely changed his career. Um, and then when I went to Haiti, I actually flew back into Vegas. No, was that Haiti? I don't know. I remember one award show. I had just come from a third world country. <laughs> and I remember it was Vegas. I don't remember what award show it was. Maybe it wasn't ACMs. It may have been like... I don't know. I can't remember. But I remember locking myself in the bathroom in our hotel room when I landed and got to... Because some of our family was there too. And um, I remember locking myself in the bathroom and just crying for like an hour. Because was I was it hard like, to like process? Yeah, the re-entry was... Yeah, because here you go seeing all... Really hard. This other world that doesn't have any of the mm-hmm. things that we have. Mm-hmm. And now you're going into like... Red carpet. That's a big change. Yeah, it was horrible what did that do to your heart um I just felt like well I started to resent his career I started to resent a lot of the luxuries that we have in America because it made me sick to know that there were so many people that were without so much and we're just over here partying and living the dream and not worried about it right and it made me sick I was like how can we be living our lives here and just have such a blind eye to what's really happening in our world to our human race. How I mean, did you deal with those feelings? Um, it took a lot of processing and Suzanne had been doing it for years and she talked me through a lot of it. And, um, I just had to talk it through with a lot of people. And what did you come to? What is your, what is your hybrid answer? Because now you're, you have a foot in both places. Right, so right. how have you grasped, well, being happy with both. In reality, I wouldn't be able to travel and do these things if he wasn't doing the career that he's doing because we wouldn't have the money. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. It's expensive to go and travel and do those things. I mean, a trip to Africa is really expensive. Yeah. And that's not staying in a nice hotel. I mean, you're staying in a safe hotel, but it's no five-star American hotel. It's not expensive because of that. It's the travel. It's, um, you know, the amount of work that we're doing over there that that cost a lot of money. And so raising money stateside, um, there's a lot of money that goes into, into the travel, into putting on big events to try and raise a lot of money. Um, because you need money to be able to put things into place, to 
create sustainable projects and um, helping the whoever the people are you're trying to help, it's not free. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't just do all of that with no money. And so the platform that we have, we're able to like bring in the people who love us and follow us and want to be a part of what we're doing. And so we're just like this big community of people that are supporting each other. We're supporting people around the world. And um, we wouldn't be able to do that if he wasn't in this career. So that gave you peace. Yeah. So it was like, you know, I could feel so disconnected from the two, but I'm going to choose to try and blend the two worlds and tell my world in America and around the world who follows us what we're a part of and tell them how they can be a part of it and our needs and what we're, our goals, what we're trying to do and, and show them pictures of the children whose lives are forever changed because of their support. And so that would be really hard to do if I just had, you know, 200 people watching me. I mean, we could definitely change some lives, but hundreds of lives are being changed because of the following so have um, you been able to embrace having a platform now? Because even though yeah. that's out of your comfort zone, right. now that you are able to use it for something mm-hmm. yeah. that is so important to you, yeah. have you been able to embrace that? Yeah, totally. And so now, you know, when when I'm doing things that are out of my comfort zone, um, I have to remind myself that like, hey, in some way, somehow, this can benefit the kids that we're trying to take care of orphans around the world and the families that are on the verge of losing each other keeping families together so we don't have the orphan crisis um continuing to rise and rise and um so that makes it all worth it to me because if I'm like if I have to get out of my comfort zone just to talk to some people on Instagram or to talk to people on a podcast or if he pulls me out on stage and more and more people start to follow me those are more ears and eyes that can be listening and watching the world change because of their support. Yeah. Um, and just bringing awareness just cause you don't have to be supporting our cause, but you go do good in the world wherever you want to go do good. And, um, I just, I want that to be what we're about. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want us to of course have fun and, and, have a world where our kids definitely have fun in his career and we get to travel and see beautiful places, but also our family and our fan base and our friends like being aware and, and encouraged to do whatever it is the Lord may have put on their heart to go and do good. If whether that's here around the corner or, you know, with your own kids. I mean, sometimes moms, Truly, I I have help. Like I had to like, you know, swallow my pride and go, hey, I'm not going to be able to do all this travel and do all of this nonprofit work and all the things that I'm doing without help. So we are able to hire help. But there are a lot of moms who don't have that luxury. And so their ministry truly may be to watch their babies Mm -hmm. teach their babies love their babies and teach them how to love and be good yeah good stewards of our world and and of the people around us so I just I hope that all of this following and fame if you will turns into 
spreading just goodness and and love just for people to love each other and to try and help out where you can and not just not just use up the planet and then be gone one day I love that yeah Yeah. so you talk about calling calling on your heart Mm -hmm. how did you get this big calling like what did it feel like and was it something you couldn't ignore yeah for sure I mean I well I mean just like the Vegas story of me locking myself in the bathroom it 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 wrecked me. I mean, it took my heart straight out of my chest and I knew I was never getting it back. Like you had changed. You'd Mm -hmm. been changed. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could never be the same again. No. And it it was Thomas jumped on board with you. Yeah. And, and even before he had traveled with me, um, he was pumped when I came home and kind of like spilled, even though I was in a pretty dark place right when I came back, when I spilled all of this to him, he was pumped because he, he saw like this passion because for oh, years, Craig, y'all are such a great team. <laughs> y'all really are. No, I love just... that he supported your calling and your passion. Yeah. Because I think he knew, well, because I, I had gone to nursing school and am a, licensed a registered nurse and I'd never worked in the hospital I never got to work as a nurse Mm -hmm. and so I I gave up my career to let his career take precedent over our family and that that's not me letting a man rule my world that's letting the love of my life see his opportunity and wanting to support that because it was I love that you view it that way. And and, you have to seize the moment. Yes. And I wanted that for him. And to be quite honest, if I was working and he was doing his, we could have done it. But um, there's no way our relationship would be where it is now if I had been home all of those years working. Because Mm -hmm. you would have missed all those moments together. So much. The bonding, the experiences, Mm -hmm. just that foundation of building that together when his career is starting yeah and so when it came my time so to speak he did the exact same thing was just like I will do whatever it takes for you to live out your passion and to do what you feel like you're called to do and so um yeah it's just a lot of what did the calling feel like uh, I, it was heavy, so heavy. I remember coming back from Haiti with Suzanne, and it was the first time that her and I had ever been together. The The first time I met her was the meeting right before we left. Um, and a, one of my really good friends is her nephew, and I love and trust him so much that when he told me, you've got to go with her, you've got to meet her, you've got to go on these trips, like I just know this is what you're supposed to do. He told me that for years. And when this trip came up, he was like, I really feel like this is a trip you need to go on. And I just all of a sudden said, yes, I don't even know why, but I did. And I went and um, Suzanne and I basically became instant best friends. (laughs) And on the trip home from Haiti, I remember like trying to process a lot of what we had seen and been a part of. And the med, we did a medical clinic that time. And, um, I was just processing so much. And on the plane home, I looked over at her and I said, listen, anytime you book a flight to go anywhere to serve, book me one right next to you. And she was like, um, are you sure it's, it's expensive. It's, um, it's heavy. It's exhausting. 
Um, but it's also the most life-giving thing that she, you know, she was telling me that she'd ever been a part of, but it, it's hard. It's hard. And, and it does take you away from home, you know, quite a bit. Um, and she was like, that's a pretty big commitment. Like, are you sure? And I was like, hundred percent. I hadn't even talked to Thomas Red about it. It was just like, it was so clear to me that that's where the Lord had me. And I was just like, all right, I hear you. Like, I, I want to go, I want to go and do if that, if that's why we're here, then I want to do whatever it takes to accomplish this work on earth. And so, um, I think when he saw that passion in me, and even though I was heartbroken for the people of Haiti, I think he saw the love and like the fire inside of me. And I'm sure for a few years where I felt like I was just kind of on his tour, following him around, it was something that he hadn't seen in me in a long time. And I think once he saw that fire, he was like, we are not letting this fire go out. Like you've got to go and do (sighs) I love that. Oh my God. I love that. He loves your fire too. Like the fact that you guys are such a strong supportive marriage. That is, that's why people love y'all <laughs> truly because of all the great things you're doing, but also it's so hopeful for people to see a marriage of two people who really love each other. We do. And we support love each, each other. other. We love each other so, so much. But we also fight just like everybody else does. But that's okay because if you didn't, that would be weird. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I, th- I think um, I, I do think a lot of people have an unhealthy view of our marriage, though. What I think you, there are also? a lot of people who think it's perfect. Like, what do you th- tell me? Instagram versus reality of y'all's marriage? Yeah. So. I try and keep it as real as possible on Instagram, but I'm also not going to just post like depressing things because who, who wants to see that? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you talk to me and want to ask me the questions, I'll answer them honestly. Um, like but what? yeah, Instagram is, is we are a happy family. That is truth. We, we do love each other and we love hard, but we also fight hard. What <laughs> are the hard parts? Um, I just, I think it's when we're all exhausted and he's got to go do one more thing and our calendars didn't sync up. He didn't check that I had this going and I didn't check that he had that going and we're missing each other and that it (laughs) drives me nuts when we're not synced on our calendars because Mm -hmm. then it's our kids that are hurting because one or both of us are gone and we're like scrambling to get Mac over here when she was supposed to be off or um we're just our life is so chaotic right now that it's hard to stay on top of it um but that's probably the most common thing that happens is that we're so busy we miss each other a lot Mm -hmm. and when you start missing each other and not spending quality time the little things that do drive y'all nuts about each other man they come in full force and like if he's leaving his clothes on the ground and and like the kitchens are wrecked and the kids are crying saying daddy and and he's on the phone that morning or whatever or like if I'm getting on to him for not being a clean organized person which is not who he is naturally (laughs) I'm getting on to him for him being just who he is and nitpicking everything and my patience is so thin and Mm -hmm the fights just can start in the blink of an eye and I don't even know how we got there. And then you're just pissed. And we're just on each other. Like, Oh, well if you hadn't done this, then this wouldn't happen. He's like, Oh, okay. Well, if I hadn't (laughs) done that, then you, you know, it's just, 
it, it just gets out of hand so quickly and gosh i mean it's just like every family every relationship i mean you just that's what they say uh halt hungry angry lonely tired do not proceed forward <laughs> If you are any of those things. That's right. Halt. Yes. (laughs) Because it can get ugly fast. And that's not something I want my kids to see. Right. And, but we're so all on top of each other all the time that whatever happens, everybody knows about (laughs) it and sees it. So it's, um, which is, I mean, it's good. It's, they're they're seeing reality. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's reality. But at the end of the day, I, I may not like him all the time, but I do love him all the time. Yes. I don't have to like him all the time. It's, it's, it's impossible to like someone all the time. Yeah. Especially someone that you do every single thing with yeah, your life with. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Because that's the um, thing with marriage. Like, marriage is so great, and I love being married. But sometimes, like, you are with this person at all times. They are basically you. You are them. And you're not always going to feel the same way about everything. Totally. Think the same way. Yeah. Like, yeah. things aren't going to be lined up. <laughs> right. But you're still like, okay. I, yeah. I have to like listen to you and deal with you. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> we got to figure it out somehow because we're stuck together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have moments like that just like everybody else does. It just, I'm probably not going to like post our, or live stream our fighting. You're on not going to put like a picture you know? of Thomas Rhett's laundry on the floor and yeah. be like, screw you, honey. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine if I like brought all of our fights to Instagram? That would be something else. So what was it like when you were adopting Willa Gray? Because you had fallen in love with Willa Gray even before Thomas Rhett met her. Mm -hmm. So what was that like bringing her home and knowing that you, this was your daughter, you had to bring her home, thinking you probably weren't going to maybe be able to get pregnant or something because y'all have been trying. We've been trying for a little bit. Yeah. And so you were thinking, okay, this is, this is how I'm going to be a mom. Yeah. And at least right then I wasn't, I didn't, I hadn't like written off ever getting pregnant, but. Um, we had tried for a little bit. So, so that, I think that's what prepped my heart Mm -hmm. to be ready for a baby because I, we were already like actively trying for a baby. Mm -hmm. And so when she came into my life, um, yeah, it made it a little bit easier to pursue that because I knew we were trying for one anyway. What was it about Willow Gray? Um, she was just one of two babies at the children's home that we were supporting at the time. And, um, she's the one that just kind of attached to me that week. And, um, her story is a little bit different than some of the kids in children's homes and around the world. Um, and a lot of kids have her story, but her story is that nobody knows any blood biological relative of hers we don't know she's a true orphan we do not know anything how did she get to the orphanage um they when she was brought in she was like two weeks old um but there was a lady there's a little bit of backstory there um and some of that is pretty sensitive to her story so i'll leave some of the details out but it ended up a lady who was not related to her, um, didn't didn't even know who she was. She brought Willa Gray to the police station, and the police station brought her to the children's home in that area okay. to take care of her. And, um, you know, there had been broadcasts of, you know, a child 
found. Uh-huh. And kind of given details of that and nobody ever came forward and you know, they, they did an invest investigation, but nothing was ever, they never found anything or anybody. And, um, so I think in my heart, a lot of the kids there and not that, not that I don't want a loving home for every single child in a children's home. I do, but I think more than anything, and that's what we try and do at Love One, um, is keeping families together. So if a child has a living relative that's healthy with their mind and they're able to love that child, the goal is to get them back with their families yes. and then figure out how we can help keep families together. I love that. Um, but for the most part, a lot of those families split up because they're just, they're poor and they're not able to care for children. And so they end up having to send them away to children's homes to be cared for because they're not able to do it on their own. Mm -hmm. um, but then you've got stories like Willa Gray of children who truly don't have someone to care for them, even if they were able. And um, I think knowing that about her and holding her that day that, uh, I took a picture of her and I, and I think I actually posted it on Instagram and that's how Thomas Rhett saw her for the first time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Lauren, it's just so much love, but it's like such heavy things filled with so much love. Yeah. yeah. We FaceTimed that night at our hotel and he was like, who is the baby in your picture? And I was like, oh, funny you should ask because um, she needs a home. Like, I know this is not her future. Like, this children's home is not, is not her future. This is not where she's going to be. And and I, I told him, I said, we know so many people back home that are looking to adopt and um, are open to it and just wanting a baby and... um. This is something that their hearts are called to do and they, they want to give a child a home. Like we just need to tell everybody that we know about this baby. This is, this just cannot be her life. And, and without even hesitating, he was like, we'll do it. Now we're just like, <laughs> oh my what? God. I'm all pregnant and emotional. Like it, the tears have been bound to be coming. Oh my gosh, Lauren. I know. Like I, know. I can't even handle that right now. <laughs> Oh, I know. Did you just sweet little baby? What did you do? Um, I think for a second, I and remember talking to so Suzanne later. Gung ho, yeah. To do this. I was kind of like, I'm sorry. Come again? Is this Thomas Rhett that I'm facetiming with? Because we talked about adopting early on in our marriage. My mom's adopted, and so uh -huh. I'm I am a product of a very healthy adopted family. Um, and your mom's like your bestie. She's the coolest. Yeah. She really is. You're like close to your whole family. Yeah. We're all very, very close oh, to the point amazing. where some people are like, is that normal? Yeah. It's Should awesome. you get help? It's the dream. We love it though. Yeah. We love it. Um, so we talked about it, but I just didn't think it was something that he was going to like definitely jump on board with. I thought for sure if we were going to get pregnant, I thought that needed to happen first to like really get him ready for an adopted baby um, because that process, you know, the labor and delivery and the pregnancy, most of that is on the mom. Yeah. Um, when you're in adoption, it's a lot of work on both of you. It's, it's a, a lot. It's process, stressful. Right? Yes. It took about 13 months for us, which actually 
is pretty short compared to some people some stories you why hear. does it take so long oh just the legal all the legal tape there's so much a lot of it is to protect the child to make sure that it's the right thing and and the family is not doing it for the wrong reasons and at least with uganda the judge that we had said that you know his his only role in this scenario was to look out for her and make sure that she was where she's supposed to be and taken care of and so a lot of that is a lot of that is what takes so much time and then things tend to move a little bit slower in Uganda I think and so that that took a lot of time and um it was just a lot it's just a lot of, I'm sure, it emotional was a lot. process. Mm-hmm. But once we got through that, um, then you have to go to the U.S. side of things. And you have to go through all of that legal. Oh, gosh. A whole nother round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just it takes a little while. And then once you get through all of that legal stuff, then you've got to get, you know, your appointment with the U.S. Embassy just to get her visa. And sometimes that visa approval is hard to get. And, Dang. Um, so I was stuck over there thinking like, oh my gosh, am I even going to get to bring her home? Because I was pregnant. And yeah, so when did you find out you were pregnant in the midst of all this? So when we went over around Christmas in 2016, I really felt like God had told me I was coming home with a baby. And I was like, no, she's coming home. And people were like, no You just no felt way. it like you knew you yeah. were coming home with yeah. a baby. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, no. I've already, I've, I've talked to God and he's, he's bringing a baby home with us. A a knowing it was, it was me praying and praying and praying and praying for Willa Gray. And, and I just had this peace, like, don't worry, don't worry. You're going to, you are going to come home with your baby. I was like, okay, she's coming home. (laughs) She's coming home for Christmas. And so, um, we got home, I think on the 23rd or 22nd. Of December. Without her. Without her. So you were upset. I was so upset. But two weeks before we were, we had come home. We were over there, obviously. And um, I found out I was pregnant. What did I you was do? Like, oh my gosh. So you then knew you were about to have two uh-huh. little kids. Yeah. And then two flying home, I was, it like hit me. That I was coming home with a baby. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I see you, God. I see what you're doing. What? Did, how did you process that? <laughs> well, I, it was what panic. What It was panic initially. Because <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Like, how, how are, are you going to do, do this? this? Yeah. Um, well, and then just, of course, like the physical hurdles of being pregnant and being there. My yeah. doctor is however many thousands miles away. Yeah. Um. And, you know, hoping all goes well, but the medical care there isn't, isn't like the medical care that I'm used to here. I mean, first world problems, but I'm like, okay, but I do have access to really good medical care for this baby. So like, how do you choose to go home for one baby or stay for another? Oh gosh. So it was a lot of back and forth. And finally, I just told my doctor, like, listen, I'm staying over there until the last possible second. Like, you're just going to, you're going to have to make me come home. 
And we were so close to bringing Willa Gray home that I was holding out and holding out and holding out. And my dad actually ended up, so Tom Strat wasn't with me. He was touring. And so my mom came over with me for the last part of the adoption. And when I had to go back, my doctor was like, listen, you've got to come back over here. We've got to check on you and baby. And so my dad got all of his shots and got, you know, ready to prep to come to Uganda. And my dad flew over and he stayed a night. And then the next day I flew out to him and my mom. Um, Let's see, I came home like on the 3rd of May and Willa Gray came home the 11th. (laughs) So my mom and dad stayed there a week and a half. And then they were the ones who brought her home. I was so upset that I didn't, that I'd like, I wanted to be the one to bring my baby home. It it broke me. But coming home, I look back now and realize like, that was like the Lord's way of like, letting me settle down, letting me have like a few days at home with my dogs. I know that sounds stupid, but like, I love my dogs and I was already anxious about bringing babies into the home with them because I knew the attention was not going to be on them anymore. Yeah. So it was so nice getting to be home with Thomas Drett, getting to be home with my and dogs. Y'all, y'all have some quiet yeah, time. Yeah. I kind of got to get the house a little bit ready. We got to process through some things. I got to get through my jet lag. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine yeah. having a new baby and then being jet lagged? Yeah, it's a moment of just some uh-huh. downtime. Yeah. And so I realized that I really needed that. I needed it. And I had um, one more night with all of my girlfriends. We all went out for Cinco de Mayo and got, well, I had a virgin margarita, but we all went to Bar Taco and got tacos <laughs> and margaritas. And um, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was good. And then when she was able to come home, I was ready. I yeah. was ready to have her. I was ready her room was ready. April Tomlin oh, got her room ready for me. Designer. Yeah. Without, I wasn't even here oh, and wow. April just transformed my house while I was in Africa. Wow. Um, also another angel dropped into my life. She's amazing. Um, but yeah, I just, I was ready for her then and it ended up being okay. It was okay that I didn't bring her home on the plane. Um, and it was the best thing for her and I, so it, um, It worked out, but then yeah, three months to the day that Willa Gray came home, I was induced with Ada James. So now what is life like? You're adjusting to already having, because Willa Gray is how old? Three. Mm -hmm. When she's home. Oh, she came home at 18 months. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so she's toddling. Uh She's walking around. Uh And so you're adjusting to life with her, Mm -hmm. and now you have a A newborn. newborn. Just how, I need to know what those first few months looked like they're a blur (laughs) but the good thing about our crazy family being so close to us is that they were here doing so much for me and for the babies and for Thomas Rhett and um it was it was all just fun it was fun it It was was really fun fun. it was exhausting what was the most but I was just like so much adrenaline like seeing Willa Gray being able to hold her did, sister. Did they love each other right away? Oh my gosh. Willa Gray is such a mother already. She is. Um, yeah. And she just, oh, it's so sweet. I mean, it was just, she was obsessed with her the second she saw was her. It her baby? Yes. I mean, she still is. She still wants to wash her hair in the bath and oh. go get her water out of the fridge or, or get the milk cup ready and give her the milk or she wants to feed her her food and Ada James is 20 months old. It's not like, you know, she can do a lot of that on her own. But, um, 
Willa Gray wants to do everything for her. And she wants to, whenever she gets a toy, she wants another one for Ada James. She's whenever She loves her. And she's always, they're always asking about each other. The second one of them wakes up, they're asking about the other one. If oh, the other one's not awake yet. Does that just fill your heart? It's so sweet. They're just, they're the best friends. And, oh, it's Can you believe so this sweet. is how your life turned out? No. <laughs> could it's you way have- better than I ever could have dreamed. I mean, because it's, and that, I feel like goes to show yeah. why I try to make some stiff plan. Right. Because if you, it's not worth it. If you would have had your life all organized that you were going to mm-hmm. follow along, you would have missed all of this. Yeah. That feels like maybe a chaos at times, but has turned into the most yeah. beautiful, mm-hmm. wild, mm-hmm. loving existence. And uh, the human mind could not have come up with that dream. You How know? do you, it just, do you think this is God? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, there's no way nobody in the right mind would have, said to do all of those things you know i mean you, you just even dreamed them up no no well and so much of it was hardship going through that hardship to get to the rainbow on the other side do you think hardship is important yeah oh yeah because then you appreciate where you are and you don't take it for granted and and then it you know hard work pays off and you really it's good it's good for you to struggle a little bit and feel like you don't know what you're gonna do because in reality, we're not all in control. We think we are. But so many of us but freak out when we get to that struggle and we're like, oh my gosh, what's next? Like I'm lost. Yeah. So what is, what is your take on that? Um, how, what do you, what's your advice well, for people in that? For me, for me, it's truly just leaning on the Lord and being like, Hey, have you I, learned to embrace the struggle? Oh yeah. I just, I just expect it now. It's just, it's coming, but we're going to get out the other side. Like we always do. And he's always going to make a way. He may close a door, but he'll open a window. And through the whole process, I just had to, like, my mantra was, the Lord is not going to bring me here to leave me. I love that. I almost got that tattooed on my hand. Really? Like, the Lord didn't bring me this far to leave me. Right. Like, you can't have come this far to get dropped off in the Mm -hmm. middle of the desert to die. I think clinging to that, knowing that, like, I wasn't able to see the way out but trusting that he knew the way out and he had already made it. I just had to wait for it. How do you know when you're on God's path and not your path? Like, how do you know when it's, when you're on the path that God's going to lead you out of instead of your own desires? Um, what's the feeling? Well, a lot of it is very selfless. I mean, if you start doing the things that you, that feel like selfish desires, and I don't mean like, a mom needing a break from her kids and like going to get a massage. Like yeah. those things are needed. Like you need to take time for yourself. Self-care and, is important. Right. But I mean like doing, like living for yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel like for me, that's when I start to veer and not go where I feel like he's calling me to go. But when I'm serving and, and when we're, when I'm serving either in Africa or Haiti or my family or my friends, that's when I feel like I'm sur- I'm surrounded by people who are pushing me the direction he's wanting me to go. And I've got people speaking truth into my life and encouraging me to do things and opportunities just pop up. And, mm-hmm. um, and a couple of times the Lord has audibly, you know, spoken to You've me heard through it. other people. And, mm. and, I um, that's not something I was comfortable with growing up. The gift of prophecy. Yeah. But, um, I've, I've had it happen to me a couple of times now and um, it's a little freaky at first, 
but um, he's given some people that gift. And when he's speaking directly to me, um, and I I know it's him because he, he proves it. He proves it through the speaking. I mean, I remember the first time he did, he, um, called out things about me and Thomas Rhett and our conversation earlier that day that no one could have known. No one could have known. Yeah. Um, and just the things that the peace that comes with that word and, um, and how the clear directions he's given me when he's spoken to me and seeing the fruit of that and, and going through it and listening listening to those directions and seeing on the other side what happened because of it is proof that like having that faith and trusting that if you feel like he's calling you to do something or, you know, spirits putting something on your heart and you listen to it, you know, yeah, like you just know. Mm-hmm. And, and then you may be going through a lot of hard times, but you're not alone and you know, you're not alone. And it's important to have people around you that can support you in that and, and have, that same belief and encourage you because there were definitely times the adoption that I was not standing on my own. I, I wasn't, I wasn't even standing. I had people lifting truly every day lifting me up. I mean, I was, I was so, I was angry. I was, I was angry at Thomas Strat. I was angry at his career for him not being with me through that. I was angry at the Ugandan government for not moving faster. I was angry at, I was angry that I was pregnant. I was angry that I was throwing up in a bathroom with no air conditioning and, and so sick and And angry that it wasn't your plan. Yes. I was just angry. And so the thought of praying about it made me want to hurt somebody. I was like, no, like I, (laughs) I'm not in a prayerful mood. I can't, I can't, I can't get there. And so that's when I started these group texts and sending these texts out to my family and my close girlfriends and, um, they all were covering me in prayer and covering the whole situation in prayer. And, um, they were praying for the windows to open when the doors would shut and they were praying for my peace. They were praying for my sanity. They were praying for both of my babies. They were praying for my marriage. They were praying. Gosh, this is so beautiful. (laughs) I mean, how amazing it was, but how amazing that that's, you knew that's what you needed and Mm -hmm. that's what you sought for even though you weren't there in yourself yeah you're like I know this is Mm -hmm. the way to get to where I need to be Mm -hmm. and then you probably felt the showering of love oh yeah and then it carried uh, carried us straight through I mean we just (sighs) then she came home you know like it it all worked out but I would be lying if I told you I wasn't miserable yeah miserable at times and like in some of the deepest, darkest valleys I've ever been in my life. Yeah. What did you learn there? Um, I learned that no marriage is perfect and that every marriage is able to fail. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. Like you have got to communicate and you've got to want to work at it or it will fail. Yeah. And so <laughs> from after yeah. I came home from Africa... We started doing serious counseling together. And what? Ha- tell me why you love that so much. Because you- well, because it it you've got a third person that's not in your relationship, that's not taking sides, and they're breaking down not only like how to see each other in different 
views or, or put yourself in their situation, but also breaking down like why you're feeling the way that you're feeling, why you react the way you react and why when he says this to me, it triggers this and why when, when I say that to him, it triggers that and him and how that's breaking each other down. And I mean, we just learned so much about each other so much about ourselves, so much about marriage, and so much about sacrifice and what it takes. Probably took y'all to another level. It did. But you also were willing to do the work. Right. That's what you're saying. Because if you Cause don't... we didn't want it to fail. If you get to that <laughs> point where you're just... The list is all you see. You right. Know, your short list is all you see of the bad things. Yeah. And then you get hung up on that. It will fail. Yeah. But you guys... But you want... Yeah, you did the work. Yeah, you got to do and the work. And then once you do the work, it's like the heavens open up. That's right. And you're on this you're whole like, oh new gosh, level. I do like you. <laughs> and then you have such a new depth with this person. For sure. For sure. And um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of darkness that came out of that adoption journey. But, but then so much beauty because of the darkness. To get yes, it out. Yes. Because there's no way we would be this strong. If we hadn't gone through that. Good for y'all for going to therapy and doing that. <laughs> Truly. It's it's one of our favorite things to do. And he loves it now too? Mm-hmm. He loves it. Wow. He probably loves it more than I do. That's amazing. He loves to talk about his feelings and emotions. <laughs> I, not so much. <laughs> so I think it came more natural to him. But it, it's, it's a very good thing. I encourage everybody to do that in some form or fashion. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. What do you think the point of this life is? Um, I think to love each other well, I think to love, just to love well, I mean, to love the earth well, to love each other well, to take care of what we've been given mm-hmm. and, you know, get ready for eternity. Why do you think so many people are unhappy? Um, happiness isn't always a given. Why do you think so many people are upset with maybe not happiness, but like the way their life has turned out? Yes. I mean, I'm sure every story is so, so different, but I wonder how many of those people that are so unhappy, I wonder how many of them are serving with a lot of their life. I feel like the most life-giving thing I can do is to take care of somebody else, to love somebody else so much that I'm serving them whether that's your neighbor or your kids, like I was talking about earlier or traveling Africa, Haiti. I don't any, I don't know anywhere. I mean, just a state over anywhere in, I mean, there's so much need in the U S I just, I think when you feel like you're doing your part and you're, you're doing your best to steward this life well, and what you've been given, the people who've been given to you in your life and the world we've been given, Mm -hmm. Um, it's going to be hard. There are going to be moments where it's just, it just sucks and it's not fun. But I think as long as you're holding on to that feeling of knowing that like we live in a fallen world, Mm -hmm. so it's just going to suck a lot of the time. Yeah. But there is a lot of beauty in it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of beauty in humans. And I think when you find that and hold on to it and really commit to loving and encouraging each other, even when that person may not seem like they deserve it, you end up loving and encouraging yourself yeah. too. And that does a lot for a soul. Yeah. You know? Yes. And I think that can bring a lot of peace 
Um, and I'm not trying to make light of, oh no, there are some situations that just go on and on and on and are very, very dark and hard. And I don't want to, you know, ignore that, but, oh man, we do. We live in a fallen, but a beautiful world at the same time. You just got to find it. And hopefully you have people around you that encourage you. And if you don't, maybe that's part of your problem. Mm is you don't have the people, the community around you to push you that right direction and to love you back. That's so profound. Yeah. You yeah. got to have people loving you back. You do. You do. Or you then have it to just, you, you're drained. Yeah. If you don't have somebody loving you back, loving you well. Yeah. That's your first assignment. I mean, God loves you well no matter what, but you need that community on earth. Like mm-hmm. loving yes. you well. Okay, I would talk to you forever, but obviously, oh my gosh, we've got to wrap up. Um, uh, okay, tell me, leave your light. I end with every interview with leave your light. Obviously, you're just like a prophet to me. Like you are speaking, oh you are so good at following your soul's calling and following the Lord's path for you, but leave your light. Like out of everything you've gone through, your life journey, what is something you want to share with people who maybe aren't as confident in their spirituality or their journey or like feel lost or what is just something that you want people to know? Um, I think probably what I've learned more than anything is that I'm not capable of doing anything that people look at my life and go, Oh my gosh, you did this. Like I am not capable. Nobody is capable Nobody gets where they're going on their own. And I just think know your heart, know your heart, know your passion and, and know that the Lord has like an incredible plan for your life, no matter who you are, but trusting in that and, and knowing that you, it's the weight is not all on you. And, and when you're on those mountaintops, not crediting it to yourself, you know, I think that's where you kind of find your groove in the world and and really start moving mountains and seeing hearts and lives transformed. And um, then you, you have this peace and this passion that you're living out, and it's really cool. It's cool, and it's fun, and it's life-giving, and it's fulfilling. It's I think that's what everybody wants is a fulfilling, life-giving life. Yeah. And everybody can have it, but it's not something you're going to do on your own. And you don't have to. Who wants to do anything on their own? Not me. You don't. No. Nobody really does. <laughs> but, um, yeah. That's amazing. Tell me the name, website to go to. Love on Love oh, One. for Love One. Yeah. Um, so, loveoneinternational.org. Okay. And that's, yeah. where, that's where your heart is. That's where my heart is. You're the best. Thank you so much for talking <laughs> to me. I didn't even realize this was an hour and a half. It was so incredible. Oh, my gosh. You're amazing. Oops. Hey. Well, we can talk. You're the best. <laughs> Love you. Love you too, girl. Bye. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.